0: Talking shop with Teresa and Bree. And welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody who is tuning into our show tonight. This is going to be a very useful show, so I'm excited about it. Uh, let me introduce myself first. My name is Teresa Reed. I am known as the Tarot Lady. And you can find everything that you need to know about me and my world at www.thetarollady.com. And my super fly, super
1: awesome co-host, Miss Bree Saucy, come on on the line. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in tonight and for sharing part of your evening with us. I am Bree Saucy, and you can find me at www.milagroroots.com. Welcome, welcome.
0: Yes, and I see people starting to show up in the queue, so I'm very excited that they're here for the show. This is a show that I think is really important, whether you are in mystical businesses or actually any type of business. Uh, you know, a lot of really famous and successful people use astrology. By the way, guys, our topic tonight is about using astrology for your business. And I use astrology for my business all the time. I use it to plan every. Thing because I believe that timing is everything, and my theory with astrology, it's not like things are cut in stone. But I like to be able to work with energy, so that's how I view it. What about you, Bree? What do you think? Do you use astrology for your business? I'm assuming yes.
1: Absolutely, yeah, definitely I do, and I think that you know I I think of astrology as tapping into what I refer to as the celestial wisdom council. The stars and the planets and the moon, all of these all of these huge, beautiful, luminous bodies are influencing and just playing out in so many different ways. And so I find like you, Teresa, that when I plan with those cycles and alongside those cycles, um, you know, for times of great benefit or of good fortune, it really makes a huge difference. It Makes a difference in my bottom line, and it also makes a difference in the whole process, right? Like, right. Have you ever Have you ever done like a class or a phone thing by accident during Mercury and retrograde?
0: <laughs> oh yes, I've done things during Mercury retrograde. I've lived to tell the tale, and it wasn't very yes,
2: exactly. <laughs>
0: And I, I learned, you know, I used to think that some of that stuff was well, I don't know, I don't know. Let me let me be a maverick and test this out. You know what? I learned that there is something about that energy, and I don't want to ignore it.
1: Yes, exactly. That's
0: exactly right. Now my line is a little bit fuzzy, so just give me one second. Actually, you know what? While I'm uh, adjusting my phone, why don't you go ahead and bring our super awesome special guest on the line, three.
1: I would love to. So, you guys, tonight we have, and I know a lot of y'all love astrology, and you're really interested in how to apply it to your business, so... I know that there's a lot of excitement around this show, and you should be excited because we have the one, the only, Amelia Quint, and she is the brains behind the popular site, The Midheaven. She's an astrologer and tarot reader who uses divination to help modern mystics take charge of their destiny. If you're ready to work with the stars, she's got the goods to show you the way. So, Amelia, thank you so much. For joining us. We are so excited to have you tonight. Yay, thank you so
3: much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Welcome. We are thrilled that you are
0: here because we think, first of all, we think you are like the really the brightest star out there in astrology right now. And Aww, Yes, nice. you are you're bringing a very very fresh perspective to things, a very uh straightforward approach to astrology and we really appreciate that. Yeah. So, we are really honored that you are joining us tonight. And before we get talking about astrology and business, Amelia, would you mind telling us how you got started in astrology just so people know your background a little bit?
3: Okay. So, well, I have been doing astrology since I have been old enough to get on a computer and access the Internet, which for me was about, oh, my gosh, I don't know, 10 years old. I've always been fascinated by um, the idea that the heavenly bodies influence us. Um, I've always followed it, but uh, I guess it was about five years ago I um I picked up a book, like a, a real astrology book. I believe it was Parker's Astrology, and I thought, I'll take this to a party. It'll be, like, you know, fun and interesting. And then people started to get freaked out by the readings I was doing for them from this book that I had just gotten. So I guess it came naturally to me, but, yeah, I've always been fascinated by it and loved it. This is, like, very
1: near and dear to me. Fabulous. I love that. I love it. And when did you, or I just want to ask, like, for my own curiosity, was there a point where you started applying astrology to your business or, like, since you have been in business, have you applied it to your business?
3: Yes, absolutely. Well. The way, this is sort of unusual, I think, but the way that I started to learn astrology is I really approached it like an experiment, and what I started to do was keep an astrology journal that where I chronicled, you know, okay, so this transit is happening, let's say, the moon is in Pisces, how do I feel right now? What happened to me today, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so that's really how I learned, and I actually recommend that practice to a lot of my clients who want to learn, because... You know, it's really, it has to be applicable to your life. It says something in the book, but what happens to you when the moon is in Pisces is what's important. And once I, you know, made a lot of mistakes and gathered data from these things, you know, planned ridiculous technological things during Mercury retrograde and such, I started to really be, um, what is the word that I'm looking for, intentional about You know, using astrology in my business, planning launches on the new moon, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always been evolving. But, yeah, that that, uh, astrology journal practice is really the backbone of what I do.
0: I love that. And, you know, the one thing I like to say for people who doubt astrology, you mentioned the moon, is that, you know, the moon controls the tides of the oceans. And we are made of mostly Mm -hmm. water. So Uh, why wouldn't there be a connection? I mean, to me, that just made, that's when my little light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, there is a connection because the tides and water and we're made of water. Uh, So I see totally how we are, you know, definitely influenced by the energy of that at least.
3: Oh, yeah. And, you know, my mother, she's not particularly into astrology or anything, but she is a nurse. And even since I was very little, she pointed out to me that during full moons, more babies would be born. She worked with the neonatal. And so, you know, I've always had that little inkling that there's something to this. You know, even the most pragmatic person is, you know, she said she would buy the farmer's almanacs to make sure she knew when the full moons would be. Our work would be hella
1: busy on those days. I love that. I totally love that. We, you know, for me, astrology, I really started paying attention to astrology. I think I saw my first chart when I was probably like seven years old, but I come from a big gardening family, and Mm -hmm. we always paid attention to the phases of the moon when we gardened and we and we also paid attention to the position of certain planets like Jupiter and Venus especially mm-hmm. and then also Saturn during harvest times. And we would do other things like we you know, I was taught if you cut your hair on a full moon it grows back faster. So, you know yeah. it was it was very much like a, a part of our daily life and without like, you know, being formalized in any way. So I I love that right on. I also wanted to say too
0: that um you know I've heard that and I I used to bartend so there's there's truth to this at a full moon also people would be more agitated and they would be more um you know a lot of times in in like uh mental institutions people would be more agitated during that time and I know when I bartended on a full moon a lot of times that's when the real crazy stuff went out.
2: <laughs> oh my. <laughs> they, were, they were getting
1: a little bit of that lunacy happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes. But don't, don't you guys mm-hmm. notice too that when there's a full moon, don't you guys find that you feel like more tuned into like emotions and feelings?
2: Oh, yes. oh yeah,
1: definitely, De- definitely. And I've this year actually in my ritual practice, I've changed my ritual practice so that I only start ritual on the new and on the full moon, and that mm-hmm. that has made a huge difference in the rhythm of my work and it feels much more in tune with with the practices that I keep. So Right. Very so, much so. So let's go ahead
0: now and start really uh drilling down into how paying attention to the stars pays off for business. Uh you know, again I said at the beginning that there are a lot of famous people like JP Morgan, uh even Ronald Reagan they use astrologers to make big decisions. So for those of us who are running, like, you know, small businesses, entrepreneurs, uh, what are your thoughts on how paying attention can pay off for their business?
3: Okay, so here is the way I, I approach that topic. Knowing what is happening in the stars as far as your business is like looking at the weather before you get dressed in the morning, Right. You might not want to go outside wearing like a 1,000 sweaters and it's freaking like 100 degrees like it is here in South Carolina right now. You know, you, you don't want to go have this like free spirit attitude. I'm going to go out and be a vagabond when you're having your, you know, Saturn transit. It's not going to work out well for you. So knowing what energy is out there, you know, whether it's going to be 100 degrees or whether it's going to be a nice breezy light jacket kind of day, makes an incredible difference. You're not having to constantly fight against unseen stuff because then you see it.
0: Right on. That actually makes perfect sense. It's, again, it's like being prepared.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And when we talk about paying attention to the stars, I really liked what you mentioned about the Astro Journal because do you find in your experience that you know, different transits are going to affect different businesses and different people in different ways. Like, there can be a transit that we're all saying, like, oh, you know, this is going to be really difficult. Like, I had this experience earlier this year with Mars and Libra. I mean, there was such a ramp-up to Mars and Libra, and it's like, oh, all kinds of crazy is going down. Mars and Libra was hugely effective for me as a Libra so so but do you find that that's true so you want to pay attention to like the general starscape but then also how those things affect you in particular and your business in particular
3: oh my gosh yes i think that personalizing it as much as you can and you know desire to do so is so important it makes an incredible incredible difference you know because just reading a horoscope is written for everybody in the whole world that's a Scorpio, right? But once you set your own personal practice, then you're able to see the little fine details of how something is interacting with, you know, your Mercury, your Moon, or this or that. That's why one transit feels amazing to one person, and to another, they think it's like a living hell,
0: right? Right. Yeah. So, Yeah. So, kind of like what we were talking about before we came on the show tonight, exactly. that this weekend was really intense energy, and I had just yes. an incredibly challenging weekend. And and Amelia, you, you were like making it sound if like this been pretty good for you.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's been really positive, but it's uh-huh. been uh, very difficult. Um, some things with my day job have been happening that are good, but it's definitely been a tough adjustment, I guess. So... No, it's different for everybody. But, you know, some people get the good pieces. It's making an aspect with a good thing in my chart. So that could be why. And maybe mm-hmm. in your chart, it could be touching on something else that is making it feel more sticky to you.
0: You know? Yep, right on. Well, I yeah. know we've got a lot of Virgo action happening. And so for my chart, yeah. it's that T square. And oh a, my gosh. Yeah. yeah and the mm-hmm. t square is hitting my 11th house of friends. And so there was a lot of stuff mm-hmm. happening this weekend with friends, so it you know it makes total sense and 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 I can look at it and say okay we see how this is working for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Thank you
1: mm-hmm. for sharing.
0: Yeah. So
1: let's see so look- in things- Oh,
0: go well, ahead. Well, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Oh well, I was going to say one of the things to to get even more specific. One of the things that I think I know I hear a lot about from my clients, and I always try to post something about it is Mercury in retrograde, the dreaded yeah. Mercury retrograde. Oh my god! Oh yeah! Is Mercury retrograde again? <laughs> so so what? How as sacred artists, as metaphysical business owners, how should we be thinking about Mercury in retrograde? Because hiding under the bed covers for three weeks is <laughs> probably not going to do the trick, right? <laughs> yeah, I
3: don't think that's going to work out very well. Okay, so with Mercury retrograde, and by the way, this is like one of the top three questions that I get asked as an astrologer. It's like, Mercury retrograde, oh my God. So I would say, first of all, I want to flip that getting crawling into the bed covers thing on its head. What I tell people and what has worked really well in my personal practice is using mercury retrograde as a time to recover. Recover Mm. from whatever shit has rained down on you during the last mercury direct period and really integrate those lessons. You know, I've heard it called by a couple people. I wish I could remember where this originated, but it's like a cosmic shavasana at the end of yoga. Mm. You know, Mm. it's that peace at the end of your practice where, you, okay, you've done all this physical activity, and now you have to rest to bring those experiences into your body. That is the purpose of Mercury Retrograde,
1: right? And I love I that. You, Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Shavasana. I'm Shavasana. So, I like that a lot.
3: Oh, yeah. And then secondly, what I always tell people and what I found with Mercury Retrograde is mercury is tr- the trickster right it's the trickster archetype we have you know loki and the coyote and hermes and this and that so you think about that energy it's annoying but it's not devastating people are afraid that all these really awful terrible things are going to happen and it you know bad things can happen all the time but there's no reason to go and hide it's going to mm-hmm. be annoying it'll probably be a pain in your ass but it's not going to be the worst thing ever and there are things you can do to make it not so bad so that's the second piece that I remind people. Like, you're going to survive this. <laughs> <It's not that laughs> yes.
1: What are some of your favorite things to do to really make that retrograde energy work for you? What are some of your tips?
3: Well, first of all, prepare for it. You know that shit's going to hit the fan. It's going to be crazy. So, you know, like, okay, I am a musician, and once I went on tour during Mercury Retrograde, and I felt like that girl in Spinal Tap, you know, who is song, trying to tell her band members what to do. And I thought, oh, God, this is terrible. But, you know, just pack extra guitar cables and extra power strips and extra everything. Just set yourself up for success by, you know, backing up your computer and resetting all your passwords. Just do everything you can to make it a good experience for yourself. And also – um. One thing that I found uh, is that Mercury retrograde is a really creative time for a lot of people because mm-hmm. the energy surrounding communication is flowing really differently. It's gotten like – it's all topsy-turvy and crazy. So I recommend to my clients block out some time where you can really spend, you know, getting those ideas out. And and a lot of time, you know, I'm not – Definitely don't publish, don't hit publish during Mercury retrograde, but but do get those
1: ideas
0: flowing. So
1: I experience that with Mercury and retrograde. It's always a super creative time for me.
0: What about the technology aspect, though? You know, you always hear about people's computers blowing and stuff. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, we're talking creativity, but, you know, technology is where I I hear a lot of people starting to raise their fists at the sky and they're cursing Mercury (laughs) when uh, computer (laughs) stuff is going wrong. (laughs)
3: Um, Like I said, the preparation is really the best thing you can do, but sometimes... Mercury retrograde just sucks. And I know as an astrology you don't want to hear me say that, but just being aware that it's going to happen can almost lessen the blow a little bit. You know? Mm-hmm. Just just have always have a plan B during Mercury retrograde, right? And 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 if if at all possible, don't do anything that is going to make or break your business. If at all possible. Don't house up on, you know, the most amazing, extravagant opportunity to, like, perform with Beyonce or something. But at the same time, like, be cognizant of that energy that's happening.
0: That's really wise, sage advice. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I will say that... Years ago, I knew somebody who had a business, and it wasn't doing well at all. This business should have been doing well. The business was in a fabulous area, tons of foot traffic. Uh, It was like the only business of its kind in that area. And they also had a lot of enemies, which was really interesting. So I said, let's do an astrology chart on the business. And so we got the date for when they opened the business doors. And they opened it during a Mercury retrograde where the Mercury retrograde was in the 12th house of the business.
3: Oh, oh, so interesting. I'm so glad you know that and you're sharing this with these
0: people. Right. And so I told these guys, I said, look, you opened this during a very bad, bad cycle. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to do a grand reopening. And let's pick an auspicious date. And he thought I was nuts, so he just ignored it. He said, no, I'm not going to do something like that. And, of course, Mm -hmm. the business, I shouldn't say of course, but the business failed not that long after. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. So, you know, that's leading me into my next question then. When is the best time to start a business, in your opinion?
3: Oh, okay, so I feel like I have everything in pairs tonight. I guess I have moon in Gemini, so it's that, like, twin energy, right? But <laughs> So the first thing is launch on the new moon if you can. Find out the time of the new moon. Make sure you launch on or after the new moon. um, Or during the waxing moon, when the moon is getting bigger, going towards getting full. That's the energy of growth and starting a new projects. It's very auspicious. You know, hopefully if you're starting a business, what that's gonna to bring to you is growth of your your money and your clients and creativity and all of this. That's perhaps the most important thing. And Teresa actually you taught me this next thing in your uh term for business class, I believe. It was um to launch or, you know, do important things when the moon is in your sign. And yep. I have made this mm-hmm. an incredibly big part of my personal practice, and it works. Like, people, this works, like, amazing. <laughs> See, I can't even make words. It's so great. So um that is number one. You know, you don't want to launch when the moon is waning, it's getting smaller, or when it's the dark moon, because that's, Keep on the energy of endings and hibernation, and if you're a business, you want to be out there and big and loud, and it just doesn't jive, you know. Um, And then secondly is the personal planets. That would be Mercury, Venus, and Mars, the ones that are before the asteroid belt. You want to make sure those aren't retrograde because that can really mess your shit up.
0: I agree a hundred percent yeah,
3: and and I make that distinction because the planets behind the asteroid belt, um you know the big gas planets they they go retrograde for such a long time. Uh, throughout yeah. the year, that we don't, we do feel that energy, but it's easier to work with. And if you tried to wait for there to be no retrogrades, it would—I forgot to look this up before we started, but I want to say it would pretty much never happen. It would be so rare. So it's those three planets that are most important.
0: Awesome. You know, I, I do want to say about the moon and your personal planets. I—I don't remember where I learned it, but I learned it so long ago. And so, for people who are listening. When you find, I'm a Gemini, for example, so an interesting thing about me and Amelia, I'm a Gemini with a moon in Scorpio. She's a Scorpio with a moon in Gemini, so it's like <laughs> oh, a nice twinship. Ooh. But uh, anyhow, I uh, what I do is you, because of a Gemini, whenever the moon is in Gemini, that's kind of like my power days. And so those are the days where I'm going to schedule important meetings, where I'm going to deal with anything that's really very important to my business, uh, or if there's something that I need to take care of. Like, let's say, for example, I was mad at Brie, which I would never get mad at Brie. <laughs> but I would want to make sure if I was mad that I was going to be, like, talking with her during that moon phase because that's going mm-hmm. to put me in a really, really good space. Now, the opposite of Gemini is Sagittarius. So, when the moon is in Sag, I do find that I am, I'm a little bit more low energy. I, I have to really work my energy a lot better. It's like you're not in power. So when the moon is in my sign, I use that a lot for really important meetings, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It, it works like wonders. It's a really and I great add power
1: something. I I love this, and I want to add something for our listeners who might not be, like, as hip to astrology. The moon is in your sun sign every month right because the moon moves through the signs pretty quickly yep. so you we have like I'm a Libra so once a year we have a full moon in Libra once a year we have a new moon in Libra usually but there are days every month where the moon is in Libra in one form or another and and also days where the moon is in the opposite sign Aries and so you know those power days I really like that idea because those power days like we have them every month <laughs> Yeah. And
0: by the way, the moon is in Libra tonight, so Bree, this is Uh all about
2: you. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
1: That's right. (laughs) Actually, I had a really good day today, so that makes a lot of sense. I did a Sacred Heart session, which is an all-day thing, and I came out of it, and sometimes I come out of them feeling really tired, but I was, like, super pumped about our show tonight. So the moon in Libra is rocking it for me. Awesome. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. Well,
0: well, since you're in power, you can do the next question. What, what, what do we want to ask Amelia next?
1: Our next question. Oh, this is one that I'm really excited about, actually. Which transits are the best for business? And maybe give a quick definition of what a transit is for for those who are listening in with bated breath, but again, not like super hip to astrology. Okay.
3: So first of all, as uh- many of you may know, if you don't, that's okay. You have a birth chart and what that does is it shows the stars as they were at the time of your birth, right? Um they're frozen in that moment in time on that chart. But the the planets are always moving in their orbits. And so you know the stars the way they are now is different. Um and whenever a planet passes over the place that it was in your birth chart and makes a certain angle Um, You know, some angles are considered, you know, tough energy to deal with. Some angles are considered good and happy and, you know, good fortune, good luck and all that. Um, Those would be the times that you want to look for to, you know, do a launch or something that's really important to your business. So that's what a transit is. Basically it's when a, a planet as it is now is connecting with the energy of a planet in your Earth chart. Um, and you said, what are the best transits to do along? Yeah, or what are the, the transits are that we should
1: really kind of watch for as business pe- as business, awesome people?
3: Ooh, okay, okay. So this is something, and I know Bree has heard me talk about this before. Um, people always come to me and they ask, when is something good going to happen to me? Well, there's good things happening to you all the time. You just have to know where to look for them. And the place that you can look for them is where the sun, Venus, and Jupiter are transiting in your chart. Mm -hmm. So the sun, wherever that is passing through in your chart, let's say it was passing through in your eighth house, which is um, taxes and investments, that would be a good time to make a, a sizable investment in your business in your business if that was the right thing for you. Um it, it's just the shimmering um it's like a door has been opened for you. You hear the phrase road opening. That is like the road opening transit is the sun passing through a certain house. Um Venus is the love goddess, but we forget that she also rules money in the birth chart to a large degree. So you want to look at where Venus is in your birth chart, and we can talk about how to do that in just a minute, if, if you'd like. Um, but Venus, wherever she is going to be, is where you have an opportunity to make some cash. So I would recommend that everybody look at where what house Venus is in their chart and try and figure out a way to translate that into cash for them right now. You know, let's say Venus was in your fifth house. Then you would want to make an offering that is really fun and um, maybe helps connect your clients to their creativity or, you know, is almost like a, a way to play and get work done at the same time. Um, and last really, really beneficial transit is Jupiter, and Jupiter moves a lot more slowly. He moves signs every year. So it takes a little bit of time for Jupiter to get in a, a really solid place for business. But if you ever have Jupiter transiting the second house, which is the money that you make, the cash in your pocket, um, the eighth house, which is your investments, yeah, or the tenth house, which is your career, those are going to be awesome for business. I've actually had a lot, lot, of clients come to me with Jupiter transiting their tenth house. So,
0: and Jupiter is their in their my tenth tent house right now. So I just want to say, Really?
2: hey, yes, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Hi. So I know that was a lot of
3: information. If you guys uh, want me to elaborate on any of that, I can. But I hope you had your pencils out, people. <laughs> yes,
1: that's right. Pencils out.
0: <sighs> so I, I want to go back to, uh, you know, we're talking about the transits that are best for business. What about if you wanted to do a rebrand of your business? Because I do know, that, you know, I know some certain people who are doing some rebranding. What would you tell them about redoing, rebranding?
3: Ooh, okay. So I would say there has to be some sort of good tent house energy going on. That could be the moon transiting your tent house because that happens once a month right mm-hmm. um that could we could look for those moments of the year where the sun Venus and Jupiter is in that 10th house but that's going to be i mean if you want to do a rebrand the 10th house in addition to being career people don't really talk about this as much it's your reputation and public image
1: mm-hmm. it's the face
3: that you show to the world when you are doing your work so that midheaven has to be involved of course i would say that since that's I named my company after it.
1: It really is crucial.
0: Yeah, and Midheaven is real interesting. Bree, what's on your Midheaven?
1: I have Neptune right at my Midheaven, as Amelia is, because she's seen my chart. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I love that. I love, love, yeah. love that. I have yeah.
3: Venus on my and Midheaven.
1: I, I'm, yeah, yeah. What about well, you, Teresa? What's it
0: your midheaven? Well, I'm—I really want to talk about this midheaven stuff because your business is named the Midheaven, and so at the top of my chart is Leo in zero degrees. The house is empty, but Leo is my midheaven, and it's—I find it fascinating because I have no fire in my astrology chart. And Here I got one big fiery thing. Bingo at the top of the chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: there it is. I love when people find that. It's like it's like the missing link. You know, they feel like a fire person, but it's not there, but it really is. So tell yeah. us about it.
1: Tell us about how, what is the midheaven and, and what is the significance of it in the chart and for our businesses? Okay, so
3: in astrology, especially traditional astrology, the four angles of the chart. So that's going to be your first house. Your fourth house, your seventh house, and your tenth house, that's yourself, family, partners, and public faith. Those are, like, the most important things. You know, the other stuff is important, but that's the, the real life-changing moments come when these things are really activated. And, and in the first chart, we talked about rising signs a lot. That's another name for the first house. But we really don't talk about the midheaven quite as much. If you're looking at your birth chart, it looks like a circle with a lot of divisions. The um, line at the very, very top of the chart that says MC on it—that stands for Medium Quelli. I I don't—I can't say it. It's Italian. Yeah, Um, Yeah. It means uh, middle of the heavens, and and the colloquial name for that is the midheaven, and. That shows so much about your personality. You know, it is your career, but more than that, it's what you strive for in your work. It's your public persona. It's, I like to tell people that it's their secret sauce. It's that thing that their business or the work that they do bring to the table that people seek them out for. Mm. It's like that thread mm-hmm. that goes through all of your work, and and that's you know so important to like pull that thread out and see what it is, so that you can be consistent too. So.
0: So with the, with Bree having Neptune sitting on her midheaven, it's what was that at be?
1: Twenty degrees in Sagittarius. I, I wow. pulled out my chart. Oh, breathe. this is
3: so beautiful. I really <laughs> get excited. To see okay, okay, so um, this is just like so you. It's so perfect for you because, you know, I, I do usually give the example of if you have, okay, if you have a planet near that line, that's going to influence your work and how you show up in the world. So with Neptune on the Midheaven. That would mean that you have to have a very spiritual connection to your work. Mm, And you have to be expressing this universal love and compassion through what you're doing in your business, or else Mm -hmm. you're not really in it. And Sagittarius is the teacher. You know, you don't have to be teaching school to be channeling that teacher, Sagittarius energy. But I think that you do that perfectly with the mentoring and teaching that you do. So and also Yeah. And Sagittarius is also, um, the the sage or the priestess in your case. And I mm-hmm. uh, you know, Sagittarius does rule that gift of prophecy, which I do think that I've had readings from you and I I think that you bring that to the table in like a major way. So
0: that's that's so beautiful. Mm mm mm. And it makes so much sense because the Neptune is so mystical and and sacred. Uh, mm-hmm. And so for that, in the 10th house, you know, I always see Brie as this philosophical sage. Uh, you know, she's definitely a magic woman, and I think that is the perfect uh, planet, obviously, to have up there. It makes so much sense.
1: It also makes sense for all the Pisces in my life. You know, they're just like, yeah, there it is.
3: Yes! Oh so, yeah! I bet you're
1: like a Pisces magnet. I am a total Pisces magnet. Husband Pisces, baby boy is Pisces, and the first week Aww. of March loaded with birthdays.
3: But I Teresa, it.
1: I also really see Leo for you. Leo is at your midheaven, right? Yep, Leo zero degree
0: right there, top of the chart. Bing, bang, boom.
1: And what? Um, and what is there a planet up there? There's no planet. There's, it's there's just nothing
0: Leo. up there. It's all left yeah. to its own little devices.
1: That makes so much sense to me, though, because you know, we—I mean, you and I have talked about this. Like, we, a lot of our work is is the same, but we bring a very different vibe to it, and they're very complementary. But you are so fun, and you are so creative, and you know, there's a real playfulness to the yes. way, especially the way that oh, you yeah. present yourself, and you're highly visible in the field, mm. and that's all very lion, right? Yep, that's it's super, very Leo. It's super rock and yeah. roll Leo. Yeah.
3: Teresa, yeah. I know you watch My Cat from Hell, and whenever Jackson <laughs> Galaxy talks about committing to play, I'm like, that's Teresa. That's Teresa's Leo in heaven. Like, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, that's what yeah. and it makes what sense Playfulness and tongue-in-cheek and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that is really important. And I love hanging out with people who are, uh, you know, like real showy. I love musicians. I love artists. Mm -hmm. I love actors, actresses. I love being around that element. I really feel alive around that element. And, you know, that's very Leo, Leo, Leo stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, makes sense. We have
0: a question here now. And it's a very interesting question from Terry from Boston. So we've been talking a lot about Jupiter. So she would like your take on this one. Now, we have not talked about Saturn yet, but she wants to know what you think of when Jupiter is going through your 10th house and Venus, but here's Saturn sitting in the first house. I think
3: that's wonderful. Oh, I think that's great. But. I'm a little biased. I like Saturn. So do I. It really <laughs> <need> you. <laughs> okay, so here's why I say that. Um, you know, when you're starting a business, I feel like one of the biggest struggles you experience, especially in that first year, and, that, you know, I've actually just completed my first year of official, like I have my sole proprietorship and I'm doing it business. And the biggest struggle is um, – really being solid in who you are and what your niche is and, and what need you are fulfilling, like knowing your deep, deep identity, right? And so Saturn in the first house of self and first impressions is going to help you clarify that, maybe in ways that might feel difficult at first, but afterwards, you're going to know who the hell you are, and you have to know that if you're going to survive as an entrepreneur. And so I think that being augmented almost by Venus and Jupiter in the tenth house, I think those things play together beautifully. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's all it, that sounds like a rebrand to me. Even if it's just a rebrand of your personal identity. I love that.
0: I do too, and I think Saturn makes us really get serious on, you know, where it's transiting. It makes us get super yeah. serious. And by the way, Terry, I do want to say that Uh, I have that same aspect happening right now because Saturn is in my first house and Jupiter is in my 10th house. So uh, we must have a very similar rising sign. So uh, I'm sending you a little bit of sisterly love there. I'm feeling it too.
1: Well, you know, I have in my natal, I have Saturn and Jupiter conjunct, which, of course, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, freak out about because when Saturn, Saturn, you know, has a – what would we say, guys, like a restrictive quality, whereas Jupiter right. has an expansive quality? And I remember one time, Teresa, I think I told you the story. I remember one time talking to an astrologer, and he was like, well, he was like, you know, you're never going to make six figures in life because you have Whoa. Jupiter and 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 so then oh I was crap. like, of course, you know, because I have a really loaded, like, eighth house, I, I was like, oh, well, obviously the next thing to do is just prove you totally wrong, which I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, and I always say, like, I always credit him. I'm like, he's really the reason that... You know, I got it together and created Milagro Roots because I was like, okay, I'm just gonna show you how wrong you are. Um, but but that has that has worked so well for me uh, having Jupiter and Saturn conjunct with one another. I had to figure out how to work it, but I too find Saturn to be an incredibly awesome planet, especially when it comes to business. You know, Saturn is the planet that tells me like. You have, you know, this many things to do. Get your butt down in the chair. Get the pen on the paper and let's go.
3: Sodom is a planet of bossing up. That's true.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's <There's laughs> Teresa's words. yes. a yeah. bossing up. We I I always that. want
0: to boss up all the time.
1: That's right. That's right.
3: Bree, I... I just find that so interesting that that astrologer said that to you, and I think that's really the benefit of studying a little bit and knowing some about the planets on your own, because to me, Saturn is business. He's like the mogul. He's like Jay-Z. You
0: know, he's like Jay-Z Tarta, is right above too. my desk looking at us. He's gazing down upon us right now. And <laughs> oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. I love it. I love you, Teresa. Look at you. <laughs> We have another hand up. Um, So I'm going to take this question. So it's from Paige, who we all love here. Paige. Can you hear me, Paige? Um, Hello, hello,
2: everyone. Hello. Do you have a question for Amelia, Paige? Yes, I do. All this talk of Saturn has got me thinking about retrograde because not only do I have Saturn retrograde in my personal chart, I have Saturn retrograde in my businesses chart. So I wonder what you think about working with retrograde planets in your chart to amp up that mojo magic and get it working to your advantage instead of panicking and crying.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, pay as rock and second of all the retrograde planets in the birth chart is no reason to panic it it just means that their energy is going to flow a little bit differently than somebody that had it direct and what i found especially like i was talking about the the non-personal planets those big gas planets when they oh oh i hear beeping
2: Can i hear you me? hello i'm still here I- I don't know, okay.
1: like what that is.
2: Okay, it I'm going like to go ahead tough. now. I think
1: we're good. I think we're good. Um, Maybe it was Saturn trying to dial in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want oh me to talk
3: Maybe it's Jay Z. I don't know. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope so. So, all that to say, when one of those big planets is retrograde in your chart, what I have found is that it gives it an almost spiritual dimension. It turns, it directs the energy. Inwards instead of outwards gives it an almost shamanic quality, right?
0: Mm. So,
3: you know, instead of somebody that has Saturn direct where it would be really outwardly focused, let's say you had Saturn direct in the eighth house, you would be like a baller investor. You would know the right time to plunk your money down. If you had Saturn retrograde in the eighth house, I would give a different interpretation. I think that you would be. Really, really deeply connected to your intuition in, you know, almost helping people through crisis situations through, you know, the psychic ability. It mm. it changes, it changes the direction of
2: that energy, to. That's being really funny. Your oh, yeah. That's beautiful. That's, That's funny. Like, I do. That helps so much. That is such a good reframe that lit up everything. And as it turns out, I do have Saturn retrograde in the eighth house. Ha ha. Do you really, you're really? you kidding me. I'm you're not kidding. I have, I have Saturn uh, retrograde conjunct Uranus retrograde, both in Sagittarius oh. and
3: mm. Oh, that is so great.
0: And, and that really unique. gives you an ability to be completely unique. You know, that mm-hmm. combo that's so yeah. unique. It's like let that freak flag
2: fly. And, <laughs> and to
1: teach others and to encourage others to do the same with that sage flavoring, right? Yeah.
2: Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I like it. Great. Thank question. you so much, Amelia. That complete that that reframe of, of retrograde has oh, that really helps. You it are so welcome. I'm glad it it to help.
0: And Paige, okay. I want to thank you for coming on and asking that question because that is a really good one. You know, we hear so much about Saturn, so I think this Saturn information is something we can all use. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we're getting really close to the end of our show. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we want to make sure, as you guys know, I'm really into watching time. I've <laughs> yes, got three Virgo plans of Virgo. <laughs> but, um, You know, we were talking a little bit. I want to go back. I want to circle back to what Bree said about that astrologer telling her that you're never going to be able to make make six figures. And I, you know, Bree, I think that astrologers have to be very, very careful. Well, anybody, tarot readers, astrologers about making pronouncements like that. Uh, I had my chart done when I was very young and I was uh, the person who did it had also told me some pretty negative things. And, you know, if I would have like allowed that then to determine my future, I would have been in a very different path than the path that I went on. And I've had other mm-hmm. astrologers look at it and say, oh, no, that's not what that meant, yada, yada, yada. But whatever. Uh You know, working with an astrologer, especially if you're not fluent in astrology, I, I think can be very intimidating. So, you know, I would like to hear both of you guys give advice here on what people need to know about working with an astrologer, especially if they don't understand what I call the astrobabble.
2: Mm,
3: Yeah. Yeah. Crucial.
0: And also how do you do, uh, I want to know what advice would you give for somebody and both of you guys want to hear this. If, if you get a gloom and doom reading like like Brie God, I mean, Brie, how would you do that differently? So I want to hear both of your opinions about how to work with an astrologer and what do you do if an astrologer gives you information like that? What do you do?
3: Uh, okay. So I'll go first, I suppose. I would say, first of all, as far as not knowing the astro Babel, I don't think that that should ever be a deterrent from getting an astrology reading because mm. – any astrologer who is worth their salt should be able to translate that after babble for you. That's why you're paying them.
2: Hmm.
3: So, yeah, keep that in the forefront of your mind. It doesn't have to be all lofty. You know, if I say, Jupiter is conjunct here and it's in my 10th house and it's aspecting asbest- Saturn this way, like that means absolutely nothing. You know, it's the astrologer's job to explain it to you and say, okay, if Jupiter is aspecting Uranus in your tenth house, a really wonderful unexpected opportunity is going to come your way. And since it's aspecting Saturn, it's going to really cause you to boss up and get serious about your career. You know, they should be able to put it in plain terms like that. It's plain and simple. Yeah. And as far as the gloom and doom reading piece, I think. First of all, I would recommend to anyone getting any sort of mystical reading, but especially for astrology because there are these weird traditional meanings out there. Don't take anybody's pronouncements as the gospel truth about your life. Just don't do that. And secondly, you have to test what these people are saying against your own intuition. You know, If somebody says to you, you're never going to make six figures, but you feel deep in your heart that, no, I'm going to go out and prove them wrong, and I'm going to, you know, make mega millions one day, really you have to ask yourself, is this really right for me? Was that person accurate? You know, Mm -hmm. and it's okay to ask that question.
0: That's wonderful advice. What about you, Bree? because i know you do astrology for your your clients.
1: I do. I do. And i take a very i take a very teacher role because i mean again i have a lot happening in sagittarius. So i am always teaching. Mm-hmm. And i think that i think you really want to work with an astrologer who can come off it and who can explain things in a very grounded practical way and a lot of the time the way that i talk about planets i talk about them like they're um you know people like you know here's venus and she's so pretty and she's got like her mirror and she also shows up on friday which is payday for a lot of people so there's her money and you know and and i find that approach really worked for me when i was learning so i find it works for for my students and for my clients but I would say read their blogs. Amelia, like, has Amelia's website is is a great example of this. You know, she's talking about astrology throughout her website, but it's very accessible. It's very clear what is going on. How are we, you know, understanding this? How are we working with this? And, and you know, in a way that I can know nothing about astrology and still get a lot of value out of her content. Okay. And the same with you, Teresa. Mm-hmm. Like. I know because we've done readings for each other, you know, you will weave astrology sometimes into a reading, and the same same thing holds, you know, it's very down-to-earth, no mumbo-jumbo with, with the, with the yes. after babble, which I think is just, you know, that's just mission critical. Um, and as far as getting any kind of doom and gloom reading, like, I say firebomb. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, that's not the same thing as being told something that you don't want to hear because we all read Tarot and we all do astrology. And, and you know, like when you're going through a really rough Pluto transit, I mean, I have a family member who went through a Pluto transit and, and, I mean, he lost both of his parents during that time. So, Mm -hmm. I mean... There are going to be years where things are rough. We've had this Grand Cardinal Cross like happening earlier in April, right? We've got Uranus and Pluto squared with one another for God knows how long. And things have been a little bit shaky because of that in a lot of ways. And so that's different than, well, you know, your Mars is square Venus So you will just never have a happy love relationship. I think when somebody puts something in that way, whether it's a tarot reading, an astrologer, or any kind of business advisor, and they just tell you, well, this is how it's going to be, and you don't have any other options. I am a hardcore believer in free will. I think that the idea that destiny is inscribed in stone doesn't make any sense, because if it did, like, why are we doing what we do? And mm-hmm. and I would absolutely not waste my time with a person who says that.
0: <laughs> I think that's really yeah. brilliant advice and I want to add to that too. I think if an astrologer or a tarot reader and you're asking them about your business and they're they're giving you like a negative forecast, I think it's really important for you, uh, as a client to ask them for strategies. To yeah. ask really don't Ooh, don't yeah. just sit there yeah. and be passive in your in your reading. If I'm working with an astrologer or somebody and there's a transit, I'm like, oh, my God, Saturn's being mean to me. Instead of saying I'm doomed, I want to say, okay, what is going to be the best way for me to work around this? Well, how can I make the most of it? And I think if we bring that to our astrologers, I'm sure you can both agree with this, or tarot readers or whatever, that is going to help us then, once again, getting right back to what we're talking at the beginning of the reading, learn how to work with the energy, whether it's constricting or whether it's expanding. If we work with it, that's the key.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
3: that's that exactly is such right. good advice. I feel like that should be prerequisite for anybody getting a reading, just asking for strategies. That's just so good.
0: Yeah, so we're getting down not to the last minute, and um, I just want to also tell you that Terry, uh, who sent that question, in, says, "Send you a big thank you, Amelia. She said this really uh this really helped her and your information. She said I cannot express how much resounding your comments are. So she just wants to send you a little bit of a shout out there.
3: Oh, thank Yay. you, Carrie. Good luck with everything. You got this.
0: So we've got um just a few minutes here and I hope everybody's enjoyed the show. Uh Brie, what's going on for next month? What are we doing next <sighs> wow. month?
1: Next month, we are going to be talking to the one and only Shanae Howard of HeyShanae.com. And our topic is, is as usual, somewhat inspired by what we talked about tonight. We're going to be talking about how to make your mark, brands that stand out. So, you know, everybody who's listened in or who listens to the archived show Keep what Amelia has said in the back of your mind, because you'll have the astro part, and then Shanae, who is fabulous, Teresa and I both know her; we both love her. Um, she does amazing work with brands and with branding and with rebranding, and she's going to give us the nitty-gritty on how that happens. You know, rebranding is something I see of, I see a lot of in our particular line of work, and so she's she's really going to talk us through the branding process and what is involved with that?
0: Yeah, and there's actually a lot involved, and I think all three of us probably know as we've been forming our brands uh, and reforming them. You know, it really really is an art, and it takes a lot of care and uh, a lot of uh, clarity to make sure that our brands represent us in a way that is going to be truly us, but also Mm -hmm. uh, something that the public is going to, Trust and, and also, uh, like. So it's, it's really going to be an important show. So I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, I do want to thank you, Amelia, so much for making the time to come in and talk with our audience tonight. I think this is a very useful topic that any entrepreneur, not just people in metaphysical arts, but any entrepreneur can really use to their advantage. Mm -hmm. So I really want to thank you so much, Amelia.
3: Thank yes. you, Teresa and Bree. I had a wonderful time. Thank you so much for having me. I just love talking about stars and I'm glad that I was able to help. And would you You're
0: tell a everybody one-year-old. where they can yes. would you tell everybody <laughs> where they can find you at any new projects you've got going on?
3: Yes. You can find me at the dot com. That's the M I D Heaven dot com. Um, I'm also the Midheaven on Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest. If you like Pinterest, they have um, Pinterest boards for every Zodiac sign, so that's kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, come find me. I'd love to chat.
0: Excellent. Well, yeah, I admi- I, I'm i going to tell you guys I've had a reading from Amelia for my business, so I highly, highly recommend it. So yes. once again, thank you, Amelia. And so for everyone who has tuned into our show tonight or who will be listening in archives, I want to thank you so much for being present with us, and we really do hope that the information that we're providing in these little podcasts are going to help inspire you and really create a business that works for you. Uh, you can learn more about me. My name is Teresa Reed. I'm also known as the, as the Tarot Lady, and you can find me at com. And, Bree, Lay it
1: on us. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We hope that you walk away with a little bit more celestial knowledge in your pocket. And I am Bree Saucy. You can find me at www.milagroroots.com. Thank you, everyone,
0: for being here tonight. And we'll see you next month, Wednesday, September 24th. Same bad time, same bad channel with the fabulous Shanae Howard. Good night. ¡Qué